0: You're listening to Talking Taiwan with your host, Felicia Lin. Today
1: we have a very special episode for you. It's episode 200. Yes, that's right. It's a major milestone for Talking Taiwan, and we think it's especially meaningful that the topic of this interview is Taiwan Fest, an annual Taiwanese-Canadian event that dates back to 1990. Special thanks to our listeners who come back and tune in each week. Nowadays, Taiwan Fest is held annually in Toronto and Vancouver. And my guest on this episode is Charlie Wu, the Managing Director of Asian-Canadian Special Events Association, which organizes Taiwan Fest and Lunar Fest. You may recall that we had Charlie on earlier this year in episode 167 to talk about Lunar Fest. Taiwan Fest will be held in Toronto later this month from August 26th to 28th, and in Vancouver from September 3rd to 5th. This year's theme is The Stories of Independence, Indulge in Indonesia, Discover Malaysia. The programming will feature the indigenous band Kanadal, which is a sort of experiment that breaks the mold. They are a newly formed band of four experienced musicians that have been performing on tour without even having an album released. Other programs at Taiwan Fest include a stand-up comedian, film screenings, discussions, and events in-person and virtual. Topics covered include literature, social activism, food, and culture. This episode of Talking Taiwan has been sponsored by NATWA, the North America Taiwanese Women's Association. NATWA was founded in 1988, and its mission is one to evoke a sense of self-esteem and enhance women's dignity 2. to oppose gender discrimination and promote gender equality 3. to fully develop women's potential and encourage their participation in public affairs 4. to contribute to the advancement of human rights and democratic development in Taiwan and 5. to reach out and work with women's organizations worldwide to promote peace for all to learn more about NATWA, visit their website, www.natwa.com. Without further ado, here's our interview. Welcome to the podcast, Charlie.
0: Well, thank you, Felicia. Nice to be with you.
1: Great. So, Taiwan Fest is coming up, and you have it in two locations in Toronto and Vancouver. So, Toronto is coming up in, at the end of the month, August 26th to the 28th. And Vancouver is coming up on September 3rd to 5th. So I wanted to invite you on to talk about it. And maybe we could start by talking about the theme of this year's Taiwan Fest, which is stories of independence. How did you come up with this theme? And can you talk a little bit more about how you're going to represent this?
0: Sure. So um, obviously, uh, when I told people about the theme, and many people kind of uh, raised their their, their head and go what are you taking Taiwan that far and and kind of uh, associate the, the theme with um, uh, what pe- many Taiwanese people are thinking about you know the the, the elevating the um, the de facto independence to real independence uh, but it, it is uh, it is very interesting because we we're having a dialogue with Indonesia and Malaysia and so as we were um navigating their stories, their connections, and, and learning about, you know, know, the Indonesian community, Malaysian community in Taiwan, uh, and, and understanding our own communities here in Canada, um, they're very, very distinct, um, characteristics of, of, you know, these communities, and, and so, you know, something that they all do, Malaysian and Indonesian, they all do quite well, uh, even, you know, uh, for Filipinos, sometimes too, is the celebration of Independence Day, you know, their own independence. And so the fisher, the fisher, the fisher, uh, the fishermen, some of the fishers, uh, workers from Indonesia in in uh, in Taiwan, they all gather every year and, and they celebrate this Independence Day. But at the same time, you know, I was wondering, you know, the, their countries are independent now, but are they independent? Are the people? independent you know are are they free to do what they want to do or you know does the independence of the country bring them uh, things beyond uh, what they usually get you know Uh, and there's there's a lot of uh, different things and look at Malaysian Malaysian the Chinese Malaysians you know you know there's so many people that are living in Taiwan uh, to actually have their creative minds uh, at work you know because they're limited in in their freedom of expression inside of uh, inside of Malaysia, and so if you talk about Chinese literature, or Chinese films, even Chinese language music, you can see a lot of Malaysians actually using Taiwan as their platform, um, you know, to actually share the world what their their creative minds. And so, when the countries are independent and the people are not necessary. Independent, they had to go to an, a country that is is kind of de facto independence, and and so that's the irony of all this. Uh, really brings the attention to some of the things that we have to you know maybe reflect on ourselves. Even in Canada, I mean the Indigenous people uh, and the Pope the Pope's visit, you know, and the relationship between the two. Are people really independent living inside of an independent country? And then we we'll go further. You know that you know, Ch- Taiwan is always under threat of China, and and they're always thinking that Taiwan cannot go independent. But at the same time, look at their own people. I mean, through the pandemic, you know what what have they been through? You know, the country is independent; it's one of the biggest countries in the world. But well you know, people. I mean, population wise, is probably you know huge. I mean, humongous compared to Taiwan. But their people are not independent. You know, they can't act, you know, independently. Uh, but at the same time, these people are forcing their thoughts. You know, some of them are, you know, working with the with the with the communist government and trying to tell Taiwan to, you know, to stay with with within, you know, their constraints and and trying to be part of China. But at the same time, they're not enjoying their independence. So, to, so the irony of this is really interesting for us. So we thought, you know, maybe it's a good way of talking about different stories of independence uh, amongst ourselves and amongst other people we have a group of uh, that's performing as an Asian queer band uh, mm-hmm. and they're talking about their independence and they want they want to be seen of who they are and they want to unleash the part of them that they, they feel is so strong and so powerful but may not be recognized by other people so this is this is really the the focus of the of the this year's theme is to trying to bring that independence out of everybody and to share that perspective and to allow people to learn uh, more about this before we even talk about you know you know the, the political independence that that many people like to uh, associate uh, mm-hmm. uh, with this. So.
1: Well, that's interesting. Did you actually decide to collaborate with Indonesia and Malaysia first, and then? As you thought about how you're going to talk about the commonality between Indonesia, Malaysia, and Taiwan, this idea of stories of independence came out.
0: Yeah, we we actually uh, decided because we want to, you know, we 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 have done a few Asian communities and and um, uh, so we picked Indonesia and Malaysia because it, you know the the amount of uh, activities of, of in a population inside of Taiwan is quite, quite significant. So we thought uh that that's would be a good partner, and then we you know come to the conclusion of the the stories of independence would be a nice thing to kind of tie this together
1: yeah, that's very interesting. The whole idea of independence, the independence of a nation or a state versus independence of people, but I guess we're really talking about freedom of expression, a democracy, that sort of thing.
0: Well, even culturally speaking you know yes. uh sometimes we we were told to inherit a culture
1: mm-hmm. and
0: we, we don't spend much time learning about it you just kind of assume you know this is what you got to do right uh-huh. and and but there's so much of uh the past wrong and you know? I mean look at look at the indigenous and, and the, their their relationship with the with the catholics right you know that that people assume this is the right thing to do and it's from the doctrine of discovery and and, and no one challenged, you know, the notion of, of you know, their validity and continue uh, to kind of impose that value onto other people. And that's what, why we end up where we are sometimes. So, so even, even culturally speaking, sometimes, you know, we need to be questioning uh, in, the, in the present context, you know, how that is relevant today. Um, it's funny that next year we're gonna move on to uh, you know a bigger picture dialogue with the world and we're gonna bring in the the uh, you know the, the, the era of um, exploration into the into the equation and it's it just happened in Indonesia as such a, a important place uh, with how Europe and Asia uh, got together and, and Indonesia was once actually uh, Ruling Taiwan during the Dutch, uh, you know, colonial period, and and that whole relationship today between Indonesia and the Netherlands, it's really interesting as well. So I think we're not leaving Asia; we're just bringing a bigger perspective to look at how the world actually got together. And the recent discovery of, you know, I mean, the, the recent trip by the Pope. About this, this you know, relationship between the Catholic Church uh, and and the Indigenous people, you know, and that goes all the way back to the, the doctrine of discovery and how how everything you know kind of brought us all together. Uh, so I think we're just so excited about everything that we're talking about here. It's just you know, it's just never-ending uh, story and never-ending learning as well.
1: In July, Pope Francis visited Canada and apologized for the abuse of Indigenous children in Canada's state-sponsored residential school system. Many criticized his apology and how he did not address calls by the Indigenous people of Canada to rescind the doctrine of discovery, which was used as justification to take Indigenous lands in the new world. i wonder if you could talk a little bit about some of the things that are planned well
0: let me start um, you know sure. I know it's the focus is Indonesia and, and Malaysia uh, yeah. connection but but let me start with a, a constant connection that we do every year which is the indigenous connection and and so we do have a band uh, Kanada, you know, they spell it K-A-N-A-T-A but the K needs to be pronounced with G and T need to be pronounced with D and that's from Amis and also means island or nation um, um, and the band is is um, is a bit of experiment that we are doing. Uh, we wanted we want to see how music can be exported differently. You know, rather than someone who's already very famous and and has a lot of albums and they're touring, uh, and but they're not leaving a lot of um, things. Uh, uh, you know, not leaving a lot of impact locally in, in you know for the places that they're touring. to so so this band is is here to explore and to here to experiment you know so they they were invited um, because of who they are because of the stories that they have and they were formed without an a, an official album released but independently every one of them is is you know quite an accomplished musician but but they took on this project with us uh, and they they went to the, the different folk music festivals and kind of meet other uh, musicians and 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 throughout the journey, you know, they they actually had met another uh, group uh, in Mission uh, Folk Music Festival. And they started collaborating and they started learning about, you know, different stories. And they're, they're working on new music together. And together they want to kind of uh, tell the world that, you know, they want to kind of help uh, this whole indigenous movement uh to kind of take the next step and to have a group from taiwan to have a group from canada coming together to be that voice to have that music representing uh this movement it's quite, quite exciting it's something that we never we never thought about
1: so they're collaborating with another
0: indigenous group, group that's
1: yeah. an indigenous musical group like canadian indigenous musical right group. right oh
0: great and, and and so in in vancouver they will be performing uh You know, with with a you know, we kind of re re uh, designed that that third program. It's called Canada and Friends. So so it's sort of a a end journey. You know, after two months, you know, this is what they have learned. This is what they have discovered, and then bring on the friends. And Taiwan Fest becomes that platform. Normally, you would have to invite people to Taiwan to kind of have real exchange. Now, no, you don't. Mm-hmm. You know, you can do it at Taiwan Fest and then say, "Hey, this is our show. This is our festival, and it's the end of the journey. So come on on, let's play together. Let's show the world, show the show people what we have uh, create created together." And and I thought that's actually uh, quite fascinating. Uh, experience for everybody.
1: Was Taiwan Fest taken this on as a, like an offshoot, meaning that you guys, organizers, or somehow sponsored this Canada's tour?
0: Well, we we you know we always wanted to do this, but you know we had to work with other other partners to uh, to make this happen. But ourselves, we have to be open enough, and our format has to be flexible enough mm-hmm. to be able to adopt this kind of changes. Uh, you know we we don't we don't want to kind of restrict ourselves in how our formats can be, so th- like I said it's um you know it's it's something that you know I don't think about budget I don't think about you know format you know because I think it's the the purpose and the meaningfulness and the the future what this can bring that actually got me excited, and then I'll figure out the rest. <laughs> you know when we have to.
1: So, what are some of the other programs that we're going to see at both in both Toronto and Vancouver?
0: Sh- sure, and, and I think one of the the things that we, we're very focused is you know to to be able to engage local musicians. And so, uh, in uh, in Toronto, uh, we actually have our opening concert, and that's a that's the concert that we have all musicians coming together. Uh, and play play to the theme. So the the story of independence, the stories of um, uh, you know, these musicians will be featured, and and that's the the moment that I think the community comes together. And it's been done so long in, in Toronto, and we we do it under the uh, you know the the uh, the leadership of uh, Ken Xie, who's also a Taiwanese Canadian uh, conductor, uh, a well known Taiwanese Canadian conductor. Uh, in canada and he's taking on he's bringing his friends basically it, you know it's almost like a pickup orchestra but a pickup orchestra uh only happens once in a while but you know this is becoming a tradition that we do and many people have returned to play in this orchestra and through the two-year pandemic you know uh people couldn't really get together we had to do it um you know recording and all that but but this time the you know people will be back in in um at the harbour front. So in Vancouver we have a similar string orchestra that will be playing for our closing of Taiwan Fest uh, and this is kinda of two uh, ways of us engaging local musicians uh, musicians and playing uh, you know, music that's Taiwanese or, or inspired by the theme of the festival. And, and another thing that I want to talk about is we actually have a comedy and, and maybe someday uh, Felicia you might want to interview this guy uh, you know, Ed Hill. And he is mm-hmm. really a, a stand-up comedian, and he's been touring quite a bit. He has some of his work uh, on um, on the Comedy Central, and so he's going to talk about independently funny, you know, how how uh, how you know uh, the 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 theme relates to his work, uh, and and one of the things that I think for freedom of expression, uh, comedy uh, does. Give people that opportunity to 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 kind of see the the extent of the, this freedom of expression and 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 we're giving um, we're giving uh, at a, a bit of freedom on that and we also have uh, uh, you know a couple of stories that's virtual you know we are not giving up on the virtual side of it you know for for example your uh, your listeners might be all over the world and they cannot be physically attending so they can at least uh, get a taste of um, uh, Taiwan Fest through our online programming, and one of the program is uh, is uh, a program called Taiwan. Let Taiwan be Taiwan. Okay, let Taiwan be Taiwan. And it's funny that uh, this came about because you know there was some movement about uh, getting the Taiwan name uh, to replace Chinese Taipei during the Olympics, and and there's also uh, people around the world that have basically spoken. Uh, for Taiwan, and these are non-Taiwanese, and so we kind of uh, allow our illustration artists to to uh, to to illustrate you know a group of pictures, and and then we brought in uh, a musician who passed away from Taiwan, uh, his music, and and create this animation. Uh, it's almost like a webtoon, so you you have to kind of watch it, and it's a five-minute webtoon. Uh, people can see and. And get people, and to acknowledge, to pay tribute to all these brave people that stand up for Taiwan and and uh, advocate for Taiwan and in their own country. And there are people in Canada, there are people in the in, in the U.S. and the people in in Japan. And so this is our tribute to those people, and also kind of uh, acknowledge the the theme, uh, you know, the, the stories of independence. You know, so this is this is one. Avenue uh, people gonna get a taste of Taiwan fest and then we have speakers that um, uh, that actually talk about the connection between Taiwan and Indonesia and you know it's a professor that uh, that actually study Indonesia uh, you know for basically you know for his entire life and and he helps us to find the connections and some of the connections are actually quite you know quite Profound and very interesting. I don't know if uh, people know, but there's 300,000 Indonesian living in Taiwan. It, it's probably uh, just about the same oh, size wow. as the Vietnamese, so it's not a small community. You know, it's it's really oh. big, and but within the community itself, it's very diversified too. You know, there there are people that came to Taiwan uh, during the anti-Chinese movement in in uh, in Jakarta. Right, and and there are people that uh, that can because of economic reasons they're here they're in Taiwan to to bring and meet to their family. Um, so there there are different reasons, you know, and then some of them become actually very critical part of Taiwan. They take care of our elders, you know, because they're in the in the caregiver business or they go on the, you know, to go to the factories to manufacture these uh, semiconductor chips, or they go on the boats, you know, making Taiwan, you know, the second largest uh, uh, fishing industries uh, uh, in the world. So there are many, many part of uh, their lives are are part of Taiwan. And it's even funnier, if you look at culture-wise, culturally speaking, you know, in Donggang, Kaohsiung, uh, there is a, a, you know, Donggang village, it's a fishing village, and you can see how things have, you know, kind of merged together. So there's, uh, you know, the regular uh, uh, rituals that, uh, you know, happening and uh, parades happening in, in, in Donggang. Uh, in the past, you see these, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the music groups, the, the drums and things that are all Taiwanese-based. Now, gradually, you're seeing that the drummers are in, Indonesian, migrant workers so the beats are different you know they're playing the Indonesian beats not the Taiwanese beats anymore and, oh, and wow. you can you can see you can see uh, uh, you know in you know, the religious aspect come to play too you know how the migrant workers form this uh, society it's called Fosby. you know and and they it, it's almost like our Taiwanese Association or Taiwanese American Association or Taiwanese Canadian Association uh, you know, in North America, they have their own. It's called FOSB, and it's where you know people learn about each other and gather and give each other support. And that's where they celebrate their culture. They keep their language uh, going, and and they have similar prog- similar organization like that right inside of Taiwan. And so we had a visit, and 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 really uh, came away really you know quite shocking how how vibrant you know a community like that can be inside of Taiwan so this is such a, con- a drastic contrast to some of the researchers out there talking about you know the terrible records that Taiwan have on treating you know fishers uh, from uh, from Indonesia they're not working in a good working condition and and you know there's some violations of how the laborers are being treated well wow, this is all true and Taiwan is maybe maybe making on you know, progress, making progress is to get that uh, changed. The, the the cultural aspect should not be dismissed altogether. You know, some people, some fishers have lived in Taiwan for, you know, 20, 30 years. You know, their prime of their life, you know, is actually in Taiwan. And how they see Taiwan as their second home and how Taiwan uh, becomes part of their family. And so we have an exhibit, and this is probably just in Vancouver because we don't have the the, the capacity at the venue to do this. There's an exhibit exhibit curated by two young Taiwanese uh, uh, young people. You know, they actually uh, wanted to show this uh, village and the, the stories of these migrant workers uh, inside of Donggang and, and how they have celebrated life and how they lived their life. Uh, so they curated this exhibit that will be available in Vancouver, um, and and this is our way of saying, despite the fact that there are challenges with with the labor conditions, you know the the Taiwanese young people are very aware of, you know things that are happening, and you know they're doing their part to make sure they're advocating for the group, they're they're doing their part to make sure they're supporting, you know the um, you know the the living condition, and at the same time, you know we provide a different different way of a uh, different way of seeing this you know for this those researchers that are advocating for the for the fisher's rights you know i think this is what in you know, taiwan Fest is about we want to kind of bring people together to to be able to you know learn a bit more about each other so we're not so focused on, on telling just one side of story uh too much and we have a series of films you know the films that uh from Canada, talking about indigenous uh, uh, movement, and also the the uh, Canadian filmmakers that talk about uh, Malaysian uh, uh, movement as well, and and also we have uh, uh, you know filmmakers that it, Malaysian filmmaker from from Malaysia but living in Taiwan, in a, and he had to be uh, producing films in Taiwan because it's actually. Uh, band in, in Malaysia. So those are those are kind of contents that, that uh, we have on both ends. We also have a Taiwan Bookstore, I think I mentioned it before too, and Taiwan Bookstore offers an opportunity to learn about these uh, uh, li- literary minds and, and how they express. So the way we do the exhibit is very different this time. This is actually a visual presentation but you'll be seeing a group of uh, uh, picture frames but with, it, with no picture, just white, you know. and But there's going to be a, a, a script or an excerpt that we've taken from a book of an author uh, from Malaysia or from Taiwan. And that particular uh, particular script or excerpt, excerpt would allow you to imagine what the picture would look like. So this is a bit of interaction uh, that we want um the attendees to have with the authors, so they're not flipping the books. You know, they're reading. You know, a, 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 a you know a sentence from the book and imagining what the author is trying to uh, to say and have a picture in their mind. So this is something that that we want to give it a try and how see people people react to it. And and yeah, and there's uh, there's an opportunity to talk about you know, the performing arts. And we we're working with National Theater in Taiwan uh, and. During the pandemic, there was a a um, uh, a dance that was curated by two choreographers from each side. They were using dancers, you know, from the other group uh, to co- to choreograph, you know, their dance, and that's how they kind of learn uh, from each other. and And so their stories are actually quite fascinating as well. And and for food, there's there's the talk of uh, run bian run bian. Which is actually quite common uh, in Southeast Asia uh, as well. And and I you know because I have not uh, officially uh, released my book, you know the book that that I you know I wrote about. So there's going to be a session uh, to talk about the books, uh, the book that that we wrote. And the the two co-authors and the editors are going to be in town uh, to share their journey. You know this will be their first time uh, seeing Canada, seeing Taiwan Fest. Uh, and this is, you know, you know, uh, before they even, I mean, they wrote the book before they actually know about learning about been to the festival or or been to Canada. So it will be, you know, an amazing way to see uh, how they really see this.
1: Is it available in English? Because I know that it was written in Chinese initially, right?
0: Yeah, it, it is still it's still not translated yet. But you know, uh, it was written, uh, it was re- it actually published in Taiwan. During the pandemic, so okay. uh, and and we were able to do a few uh, uh, you know forum and discussions on uh, the book in Taiwan, but we I haven't really done much. You know, I've done a bit of uh, online uh, sessions with you know, different groups, but it hasn't really meet, uh, made up with uh, meet up with. Um, and local communities and people that might be interested uh, in in learning more about the books, and it's kind of nice to have the the co-authors and also the editor here, so their perspective will be really interesting too. Uh, and the book is still in 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 uh, in Chinese. We haven't done the English one. And the, the title of the talk is called How 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 Do We Make Taiwan Relevant in Canada? And and that's um, uh, that's basically the the, the philosophy. Behind uh, Taiwan Fest, you know, uh, for for the past ten years, and so it's it's a way of uh, sharing that. And and as you can see uh, from the Canada band, you know, they're touring, and and you know having connections with local indigenous bands, you know, and they working on new music together, and and making them relevant in Canada is part of our our. Uh, exercise as well so on the Indonesian side we also have an Indo- Indonesian night and it's put together by the by the community showcasing the cultures uh, and 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 the gamelan will be part of the presentation their fashion show and so there are many wonderful wonderful uh, opportunities to really learn about different perspectives uh, from, from from these communities
1: and now for a short break. Hello, listeners. We're going to be experimenting with some shorter form content, under 20 minutes long, and we'd like to hear from you. Would you like to listen to shorter episodes? What would you like to hear more of or less of? Email us at podcasttalkingtaiwan.com. We also have a special announcement for all of our donors, past, present, and future. We're giving all of our donors exclusive first listening access to upcoming interviews with Karen Lin, Democratic candidate for Justice of the Civil Court in Queens, New York. Chin-Chi Yang, a multidisciplinary artist who was recently inducted into the New York Foundation for the Arts Hall of Fame. Michelle Kuo, an attorney, activist, and author of Reading with Patrick, which is a runner-up for the Dayton Literary Peace Prize and the Goddard Riverside Stefan Russo Book Prize for Social Justice, Ed Lynn, author of Death Doesn't Forget, and Joe Henley, author of Migrante. If you want exclusive access to these episodes and more, support Talking Taiwan by making a contribution to our GoFundMe campaign we are so grateful for our growing listenership and all the support that we've been receiving now back to the episode
0: And there's a huge indonesian community uh here as well so making them f- seeing the taiwan side of it uh, is really interesting there's a bookstore in taiwan called uh i think what's the, the what's their name in uh oh it's called Bri- brilliant time uh
1: oh, okay.
0: bookstore i don't know if you've mm-hmm. heard of it it's a, it's a it's a bookstore for migrant uh, workers, oh, okay. you know, so so they want all pe- oh, the newcomers. So they want people to be able to go to that bookstore and borrow a book and okay. bring it home, but in in the language that they're comfortable in their mother tongue. So instead of buying the books from all over the place, they're actually uh, asking visitors from these countries to bring a book in their in their home language, and then you know donate it to uh, the Brilliant Time Bookstore. And then they would, you know, loan it to whoever that uh, wants to read a book. And so we're, we're, we're joining that exercise. And as some of your listeners may know that, um, you know, the migrant workers, especially Indonesia, they get together at Taipei train station uh, every Sunday. And so the bookstore would actually be on. On the wheel, and they will go to them and they say, "Hey, here are the books. You know, come and borrow them, and they will free of charge, right?" It's a, it's really a, a very
1: oh, that's so great,
0: uh, a, a amazing uh, uh, initiative. Concept,
1: so, yeah,
0: right. And so we are we're trying to get people uh, to donate a few books, uh, and then we can send it back to the Brilliant Brilliant Time uh, Bookstore in Taiwan. Oh, that's
1: such a great idea. I'm wondering also. If you could tell me about the striking image that I see on the Facebook page and on the website that represents Taiwan Fest 2022, it's quite beautiful. Um, it's very notable that there's like the fern leaves around it. Like, can you talk about that?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, well, thanks for noticing it. It's uh, it's actually something that we're inspired by the batik culture from, from you know, both Malaysia and Indonesia. And it's a very important part of their, their history and their culture. So as people always trying to learn, you know, or trying to discuss, uh, you know, what symbols do, can we use to to represent Taiwan? And, you know, some people like to say bubble tea. You know, some people like to use the, the, the grandma's flower, flower, flower pattern as, as a way to represent them. But, you know, if we look at the petite culture, uh, you know, it's the prints that, that generation after generation and you, you continue to add it on. You know, it don't, it don't stop and you have your, your uh, story to be added on like that. And one of the trips that we visited, um, uh, you know, in Alisan, and, and you know, we, we, we learned these trees and there are a lot of you know, these ferns around as well. Uh, so one the idea that we came up is you know, if we were gonna gonna echo um, uh, you know the batik theme what can we do uh, so one of our uh, team members uh, who actually has a great knowledge about ferns in Taiwan and 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 we learned Taiwan is actually one of the most diverse uh, uh, places and one of the places that have most diverse ferns in the world you know and 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 it's because of its location you know where the tropic of cancer and the current you know and that that actually allowed you know all these ferns to 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 survive and to foster and, and and that's that speaks so much about what where taiwan is and you know what taiwan is about you know the 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 viability i mean the, the vitality of taiwan you know people are able to survive and and, and move on and a fern but perhaps is a good symbol. So because of the theme that we have, we, we thought we'd give it a try. So our team creates this batik-like images um, and using the fern, different type of ferns uh, as the content. But you can actually use that and say, hey, this is Taiwan. And 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 we we, uh, we are using it throughout the festival. And you know, there's going to be shirts that we put on that has the ferns on it. Uh, Yeah, maybe it will catch on someday and becomes a real symbol for Taiwan.
1: Yeah, it's really quite striking. It it is really interesting. So much biodiversity in Taiwan alone. I'm wondering, how do you curate or decide what kind of events or activities to plan for Taiwan Fest in general? I imagine, like, after having organized it for so many years, like, perhaps you have some kind of a formula, like, you have different categories. Is there, like, one category is like film, one's music performance, uh, live performance, some kind of reading, talk, discussion. Like, how do you approach this?
0: Well, I think uh, you know, I, there's complicated uh, answer and there's simple <laughs> answer, and and I'm actually been invited to uh, to do a uh, online session with uh, with one of the, the Taiwanese uh, indigenous uh, mu- museum or galleries in in. On the East Coast in Taitong uh, and and then this is the very subject that we're talking about. you know, how do we come to this kind of curation ideas and how do we curate uh, programming like that and And I think the the simple answer is you know we we ask a lot of questions. you know we ask ourselves a lot of questions and 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 through these questions then then you find uh, things that that actually may be relevant to Canada. And, and things that are relevant to our own search of identity, you know. And without that curiosity, it's really hard to, um, to do a festival like that because if you, if you force yourself to think about things to do, you're going to start with the things you know, right? And, and, I, and, and it turns out that everything you put on might be already uh, done by other people. Because things you know, are things people told you, or things, people, things you see, and and those are actually uh, things out there. So by asking questions and by connecting um, with our own experiences, uh, it opens up a lot of uh, opportunities. So give you an example about this. Um, Let Taiwan be Taiwan. It was actually you know a community member that came to us and said, hey, you know this this gentleman in Japan, he's been such an advocate. For Taiwan, and he stands in the street corners, and and he talks about Taiwan and how they should change the Japanese need to change their textbook and to reflect to refer Taiwan properly. But you know, when we interview with this gentleman, you know, there's not much he can do. I mean, he, if he does a, a a talk, you know, it's very limited in terms of um, the understanding of it, and he's not well known, so you're not going to be able to attract a lot of people, right? And and so, how do we deal with this story like that. So, right. So how so do we, you
1: expand on this idea? Because it's a great idea.
0: Right. So so then we have, we're surrounded by talented individuals who can draw and, and we have talented musicians with you know, great music. And then we have a group of uh, young people that likes to do animations. Right. So you just have to kind of transfer that idea and, and give them them a, a new way of, Releasing their talents, you know, giving them a different way of expressing their their creativity, but with a theme, right, like that. And and so then we look around. There are a lot of people like that Japanese gentleman, you know. There's there's you know people in ta- in Canada. So why don't we all bring them together? So at the end of the day, this five minute thing is actually much easier to to transfer and then to 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 be seen or heard around the world than that perhaps a sixty minute speech. That have very limited audience, and 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 it's very difficult for that gentleman to communicate, you know, in a language that he's comfortable in, uh, right? So, oh, he's not comfortable in like in English, and it's going to be hard right. for him. So, so what I'm saying is, you know, this is the way that I think we we are very, you know, very interested in in in, in bringing people together and finding a a a better format. You know, to present their stories, so that's one one aspect of. Uh, uh, I mean, how difficult is it? That can be very challenging. You know, you you have to start with an interview, and you don't want to give up because the interview didn't go the way you wanted, right? And and then you right. have to look look around and see you know who else can we uh, do uh, with the similar storylines, and then you bring them all together. So so that that's a uh, that's a that's a that's a you know simple answer is asking questions, and the longer answer is You know, you have to make sure that that you have enough resources and you do this enough times that you will be able to connect these dots, you know, with everything that we we, we see and we learn.
1: Well, that's a great example. I like how now it's going to be a much more richer discussion or conversation or representation of this idea of uh, Taiwan is just... Let Taiwan just be Taiwan. Can you talk about some of the films that are part of the Cinematic Taiwan program? Is there anything you wanted to highlight?
0: Uh, Yeah, I think uh, one of the one of the films uh, that I want to talk about is the uh, the musical documentary by uh, um, uh, Mary Mary Clements. Uh, The the film is called The Roll Forward, and it's in sponsor. We're we're getting that sponsored by National Film Board of Canada. And I think that the uh, the nice thing about this is we have an Indigenous band touring, and and you know we're in the midst of this uh, uh, Pope's visit and and the, the reconciliation, the residential schools, so we thought this is a good idea to kind of uh, share a bit more in depth about what the music in music community within the Indigenous community and. And so we went to the National Film Board and asked if we could uh, subtitle, you know, for the subtitle Chinese for the film. And because we want to make sure we can bring in different audience a new audience uh, to the film. And they agreed to it because we did this once before already. And, and they really like, you know, this kind of uh, uh, work. And I think with this film, uh, people would have an opportunity to learn, uh, you know, different, different uh sources of music. See, before before the Canada's tour, I know about the drums that, you know, the, the indigenous uh, 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 people have in, in Canada and how important that drum is. And it's because of their journey, we get to learn the making of these drums, you know, and the connection of it and how, how, how rich the tradition is. And those are the things that I think, uh, uh, I think any, anyone who is interested in music would find it really fascinating and And but, in the past, we kind of see it in the in the passing you know it's there, and I don't have an opportunity to take a deeper dive into it. so this year you can hear some music, you can hear drums, and you can go to the film and actually learn more about it. so I think this is how we want to make Taiwan relevant in Canada and connecting communities that that wouldn't otherwise uh, uh, be um, uh, be you know Connected to us, I'll give you another story, quick story. Um, the group went to visit uh, Mission uh, Friendship Center, and it's a center that they have a steady drum session, you know, weekly, and they bring in communities that are interested in the drums, and they could be led by musicians. So the Kanata group went there, and they were drumming with everyone. and And in the middle of the session, I think it was a homeless person that walked in. And he participated that session, and no one, no one kind of alert, be, be, I mean, got alerted, and no one kind of get uh, get sidetracked, and he just joined in, and and everything everything just goes on. That is something that I think in Taiwan, you probably don't, you know, don't associate with a homeless person the same way. You know, if he walks in walks in the middle of the the, the way. So and that's actually a very really good experience of knowing how small the community and how tight of that community can be and 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 the takeaway is together you know they want to come to Taiwan fest you know they want to come and see Canada performing in their own own show and and they're so interested in in, in knowing about you know what Canada uh, is about right so a small community center has such uh, important relevance to, to their trip. And, and we can elevate this uh, the best we can and learning of it, you know, how, the, how tight that community is and how open people are. And that speaks a lot to the indigenous community uh, and, and their, their, their heritage and their culture. And I think to a certain extent, that's actually the same way that the indigenous people in Taiwan are. You know, They are very open and and so what had what happened to them you know what happened to the society when we are so uh, uh so divisive you know we had to take ownership to everything rather than you know making everyone part of this this society making everyone part of the community i think there's so much we can learn from this small uh experience of them getting getting together i hope Ganada uh, one day may create a song you know inspired by this this story and and let uh, uh, let, let the uh, the world see. They actually have an English song of you know, uh, f- for their for their trip in Canada. It's called Peace, and and it's talking about how we need to learn to share everything. You know, and I think uh, if there's a chance, you know, it's on it's on their their uh, YouTube channel, and people can can try to uh, uh, learn about it and maybe share their music. I think it's important to share the the, the you know the voices of Taiwan through these indigenous uh, friends because. Um, I, I know for sure during the their tour with uh, different folk music festivals people loved it and, and then there were people screaming about hey and you know, I've been to the folk music festival for so many years and you know finally I hear something that I never heard before you know how how these folk music festival can get into a a cycle you know you, you you get you know artists repeating you get artists doing the same thing over and over and and the audience is not you know not very young you know they're, they're growing in ages but uh, and they' they'll they're all looking forward to hearing something new and I think this uh, this Canadaada's uh, uh, trip and journey opened up a lot of our imagination and we want to do we're gonna try to do more of this uh, going forward
1: here's a clip from Canada's song peace
0: oh, oh, yeah. oh.
1: If we learn to set the water, if we learn to keep air clean, if we learn to share a lands, if we learn to live together, if we learn... Let us fight, there will be no bombs or wars oh, yeah. There won't be nothing to fear There won't be peaceful oh, yeah. love There won't be nothing learn to
0: they have a documentary being made on this journey so everywhere they go uh, and they're gonna be releasing their album at the end of uh, this year. Together with their uh, with their documentary, so it's it's going to be a, 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 a an album that has everything to do with their journey in Canada and a documentary that tells the whole story. So this is how we were, I was saying earlier that we want to kind of find a different way of you know exchanging cultures, how find a different way of sharing music. So we're not falling into that that traditional or conventional uh, mechanism of you know you need to release an album and. and you need to have a label, you need to have a management team, you need to do this and do that. No, we're just going to give it a try and see how how, uh, how this might actually impact uh, the music world. And we're getting quite a bit of uh, good support you know, on that front.
1: Yeah, that's really fascinating. So can you talk a little bit more about Canada uh, and how they formed and where this concept came from? Because I understand okay. that, as you mentioned yeah. they sing in several languages like a few different indigenous languages english and mandarin right
0: yeah well they act, the only language that they don't they don't do in their in their uh repertoire right now is is mandarin you know they do it oh english, they don't
1: they, oh i'm sorry don't. i thought i read yeah. somewhere that they did okay
0: well they they on their own they might but you know they don't yeah and and but it's fine you know they may come up with some mandarin song later as well uh, so what 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 they are formed is really interesting too because it started with uh, Suana. Suana is uh, you know basically the the music director of of uh, the group and he's a very seasoned uh, musician himself and he he mostly um, he's mostly a self taught musician so he learned cello himself he, he's really good in in um, in in getting uh, you know. Getting into what other people are doing, so they do a lot, quite quite a few jamming sessions, and he's the mastermind uh, behind it. So he was uh, he was first in Canada uh, in early 2000s. You know, he came with an uh, acapella group, but you know back then the indigenous uh, wasn't even the focus of the group. You know, he was he was a good good, uh, good vocal and 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 good music sense, so he he was part of that acapella group. But he came back again after uh, many years, and we we met him because one of our team members is a big fan of uh, Suana, and he he had in Taiwan formed a music group called CMO, uh, and and um, uh, and he came individually uh, to our 2019 Taiwan Fest, and we put him into this experiment uh, music session with. Uh, you know, another indigenous musician and a Vietnamese uh, Canadian musician, And they, they, they got together and then kind of performed uh, without rehearsal. And so this that's their jamming session. And we call that music and my journeys of identity because each one of them had this struggle of finding their identity and the music was their vehicle to get there. Um, and so that went really well and and quite amazingly there's so many people with with their tears after the performance and and I asked the I asked Suana you know, how he felt about the experience and he he actually you know had a, a bit of change in his career and you know, how he sees his career when he went back to Taiwan so so this thing about the you know the the, the, the new group Canada was uh, was always there you know, but we never formed it until I, I had a conversation with uh, uh, Vancouver Island Music Festival's uh, uh, music director, executive director, uh, uh, Doug, Doug uh, Cox. And he, uh, he, he um, and I was saying, hey, you know, we need to, we need to tour uh, a Taiwanese band. And I say, well, are you interested in indigenous bands? So he so said, yeah, of course, you know, and then we, 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 had, we had this idea and he said, we can tour them in different places. So I went back to to, to uh, Suana and say, Hey, are you interested in you know forming a group? And so he started uh, you know bringing the people that he knows and say, Hey, you know, and it you know in a band mostly you have a one vocal lead vocal and the rest of them don't sing, but this is a band that all four of them can sing, and all four of them have different uh, instruments that they're they're really good at and, and so they kind of bring together uh, uh, you know an ensemble of different talents. And, and um, uh, Suwana is actually the, the mastermind. And, but it, oh, imagine this, the Overmart working on their own as you know, they have their own jobs and they have own their own career. They have to put everything aside for two and a half months to be part of this. So it's, it's, a, it's a bit of interruption for, for their life, and so they have to be committed to it. And and I think so far they're enjoying everything, and and we're, we're giving them all sorts of different experiences. They're meeting uh, this Friday. Well, I don't mm-hmm. I don't know if I should talk about the time, but they're meeting uh, this week to talk to to with a um, uh, a Japanese I knew indigenous person, mm-hmm. and it's it's actually a a a. a, a a doctor from uh, living in Denmark right now, but she's uh, she's an Ainu, and, and the people know about Japanese indigenous history and knows how how controversial this might be for for a lot of people because, and then some people think that it, Ainu it has been distinct in Japan, so there's no no way of uh, finding any substance to it, and this is a person that's trying to revive that and and and, and and this is in a whole new movement. Do oh, so, you
1: mean extinct? It, like I knew extinct.
0: In, yeah, extinct, yeah. yeah the language I knew or? the language and the culture, and even yeah. the people are so mixed. You can't yeah. really find
1: right.
0: find any traces of a people that uh, can actually be called Ainu. Yeah.
1: Hmm.
0: So so and and this is this is kind of coming together as a really interesting experience for for Canada because I don't think they, they would be able to. Have this type of experience in Taiwan, you know, in in their own community, doing their own thing. So this uh, this journey uh, would be quite uh, uh, impactful for all of them, and I, I'm I'm looking forward to uh, uh, to that experience. It's also very important for us as a, as an organization that we know this is feasible and is, is actually quite meaningful. And so it's up to us to how to weave construct this and to get enough resources and support uh, to be able to continue this this type of um, exchanges we, we feel that uh, the world needs to do more of exchanges not export you know and sometimes when you talk about cultural export you just want people to take your stuff you know uh, know your stuff and and you don't care if there's any reciprocal uh, things uh, coming from the other side and 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 i think more exchanges less export uh is uh in the, the kind of mindset it will, will be something that uh, i think we we want to continue to advocate and canada is a pretty good example of that.
1: yeah and i think the way that you uh you can really see that in the way that taiwan fest is done i think that speaks volumes
0: there's one guy that that you know, that's a lot of social activism in, inside of Indonesia. I don't, yeah. You know, if you're interested, I can talk about him a bit. Eden, yes, Eden Liu. Eden. I didn't notice yeah. that Eden Liu. Is- One of the, the the things that I really find fascinating is how Taiwanese are uh, doing thing, different things around the world. You know, like I'm doing this in, in Canada, and you have your podcast, and 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 this this young per this young gentleman uh, Eden Liu, um, he uh, he works for a, you know a shoe factory. <laughs> And, and so he's uh, in Indonesia and, and he and his wife, you know, wanted to do something meaningful for the, for the community there. And so they started the social enterprise and, and, and they actually, uh, uh, you know, took some of the Taiwanese experience in, in, in reconstructing or rebuilding, uh, the, these heritage buildings. And they took that experience and, and move it to, um, uh, you know, to, to the place that they are in. Uh, and, you know, and the, the, the story that he was telling us, you know, about how some of the historical uh, uh, things like Zheng uh, He, uh, as the person that actually took the voyage, uh, and, and it was touted as one of the most in, important discoveries uh, for for China, for China, you know, learning about the, the, the whole Southeast Asia and and that's you know in the early Ming dynasty right so and, and where he is right now Samarang is the city that he is in and that's actually the the final destination for Zheng He right so and and there's different stories that, that people know in in, in the Chinese uh, history books and it's something it's actually something very different from the Indonesian side of the story so in anyway, the same historical event has very different interpretation and so and and I I found him with such a um uh passion you know to contribute to that community and 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 that's that's something I actually share quite a bit you know I, I see that in in myself and but he's much younger than me you know and he's using his spare time and he's building this and it's creating such impact you know for the women's uh, community and the, un- the unemployment the youth education he's bring artists together and he's basically turning himself into a tourist you know tourist spot for 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 somewhere on there and and it's getting government support and 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 That's incredible. this is a young taiwanese guy that just you know want to do something meaningful and i i mm-hmm. thought you know i i thought i talked I talk to a lot of uh you know, young people, I said, there's so much we can do in everyday life. Just, you know, open up your hearts, open your minds, and open your eyes, and, and look at this guy, and just listen to his talk. Uh, and and I, I know this is what, how Taiwan, uh, Taiwanese can represent themselves around the world, and you know, Eden News, um, uh, a, a wonderful story. You know, maybe I can share this, too, at Hoverfront Center in Toronto. I think yes. we're not totally out of this pandemic, uh, the impact yes. of the pandemic. Uh, we are we are being told that uh, the venue does not have enough capacity to allow us to do everything we wanted, right? So so it's uh it's it's going to be a scaled down uh, Taiwan Fantasy in Toronto, and unfortunately, uh, you know, but uh, the the virtual programming, you know, kind of uh, you know complements it a bit uh, in in Toronto. But in Vancouver, we, we don't have that problem. We're gonna go back to the, the full scale. Uh, but you know the the interaction of people may be different. You know we don't have as much of um, uh, food vending uh, uh, vendors, uh, and that's that's actually designed because we want to make sure people are comfortable eating out there. And, and at the same time, uh, we are working with uh, you know the downtown Vancouver. Uh, the business Improvement Association and the BIAS, and and we understand they have a lot of members. Actually, have their restaurants in downtown. So, in a way, we're we're competing with their business, right? So, we, we want to kind of make people uh, to go to these businesses, to go to those restaurants, uh, and 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 enjoy enjoy uh, you know food there rather than uh, trying fine. to set up something to com- compete with them. But right. whatever we set up has to be themed and. And it's, it speaks to the theme, so we're not just gonna bring anyone just to sell coffee. You know, it has to be Indonesian coffee, uh, and, and we don't just sell anything that's just bubble tea. You know, there's a lot of bubble tea vendors, so it has to be unique enough that 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 we find a reason to present it. Otherwise, just enjoy the, the restaurants around. So uh, I think that's a, that's a mindset. I more yeah, and more I think it's sense. very important. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: yeah, support your local business.
0: The, the Malaysian side of it is is more on the the Chinese Malaysian community and and their their uh, way of expressing themselves. You know there are fa- many famous uh, uh, film directors. Uh, uh, I don't know if you know the name Ming Liang. Okay, Ming Liang is from Indonesia. I mean from Malaysia, but he made his, uh, his 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 reputation in Taiwan, and and he's known for s- slow uh, cinema, and, and a lot of people don't. Really understands slow cinema, right? You can have a shot, and for thirty minutes, it's the same fan blowing, and, and but there's there's a lot of meaning behind that. So we have uh, we have a a speaker uh, who's talking about you know slow cinema, and she's from Singapore, right? So and so the, you, you get to learn a bit more about that, and, and then you know as far as the the writers, you know the authors, uh, they had to go through a lot of uh, suppression. I mean. Uh, from from the government, you know they can really express if anything. You talk bad about in the country, maybe, you know, it, it may be banned. But but at the same time, they come to Taiwan and they were expecting to see uh, the Chinese culture that they always thought they have. And then they, they discover, well, oh, Taiwan is isn't isn't the you know same as what they were thinking, you know. And and so there's a bit of a bit of uh, uh, expectation. Uh, shock, you know, and it cultural shock even, and so uh, and they started to learn that oh Taiwan is actually beyond you know much more than than uh, the Chinese that they, they thought they they know and and that that whole uh, pro- uh, progression during the in, in the liter- literary world, uh you know for the Chinese for for the writers in Taiwan during the martial law okay, has a lot of similarities to what the Malaysians are going through today and so we have a speaker that's going to, actually going to be sharing some of those relationship and some of those learnings and and kind of tell people more about what Malaysian Chinese Malaysians are are, are, are facing today and their encounters so um, that's the kind of area that we kind of focus on. The Malaysia, there's not as big of Malaysian community in Taiwan or here in uh, in, in Vancouver, um, but the I thought that the Chinese Malaysian uh, uh, stories are very important to uh, to tell. I also like to um, um, maybe in a different time, okay, mm-hmm. but I would like to uh, tell um, your listeners that there's a new project. That we are launching. It's a new festival. Uh, it's called Jade Music Fest. J-A-D-E. Jade Music Fest. And it is a music and, and, uh, music showcase and conference, uh, in a festival form. And what it aims to do is to, to elevate Chinese language music in, uh, in Canada. Uh, and why is that important? Why is that significant maybe for your listener, you know, in talking Taiwan? I think for so long that the Chinese language has been under the narrative of China. And, and we have not seen it as an, an, an universal language like English, like French. And we feel that this should be changed. And and so much of it is is there's a much bigger population around the world that relies on this language, and Canada can play a role in changing that perspective. And so by elevating the underrepresented Chinese language music, we're we're supporting uh, the um, you know the music sector. We're supporting the the Chinese language music artists you know from all over the world, not just from from, you know, China. So, and then obviously for Taiwan, we cannot deny the fact that, you know, the Chinese language music is actually one of the most important creative industries in Taiwan. Okay, and for them to have an avenue or a platform like this in Canada, would actually uh, take away their, their dependence on China, on the Chinese market. Uh, so and we're getting a lot of support from uh, from uh, local government you know the Canadian government we're getting support from the music industry and people think this is uh, this is a great idea and it we we were joking that in Canada people know uh, Juno Uh, Juno is a music award but but Juno outside of Canada people don't know anything about
1: yeah I only know because I grew up there it's the equivalent of the Grammys in Canada
0: exactly Yeah, but if you talk about Grammy, people know everywhere in the world. So there's a possibility if we allow J Music Festival to have an award component in 2023, that this award show may be viewed by more people than Juno. So this whole population of the Chinese-speaking population has been underrepresented, under leveraged, and I think that can actually become a an important strength to Canada, and if we're going to make Canada relevant in this uh, Chinese-speaking world, I think we have to start from Canada. We have to start from here. So our idea and our goal is to make Vancouver the Chinese-language music hub in North America, and and but with it in, with an intent to redefine uh, the Chinese-language music as people know it, uh, and and we're getting. Uh, you know, quite excited about that project and this this has nothing to to do d- directly with Taiwan but there's the Taiwan that, that we have in mind and we think Taiwan can benefit from this uh, and and also at the same time it's leveraging off our experiences our connections uh, organizing events like Taiwan Fest and Lunar Fest so um, bringing, bringing communities together, bringing people together is still our very focus and it's just a different way of looking at uh, you know, supporting the community and doing something that's uh, relevant to to, to, uh, to Canada. So I just want to share that with you maybe uh, in the future we can uh, talk about it a bit more. It's
1: really exciting to hear all the initiatives that you have going on and really looking forward to Taiwan Fest. It makes me want to go to Vancouver to experience Taiwan Fest <laughs> so, yeah. but who knows.
0: I think we have to kind of sometimes uh, step out of our own comfort and and forcing someone to take an issue or, or you know advocate for something that's not necessarily something that you like you know but mm-hmm. but it's important to change the whole uh, conventional thinking because we otherwise we're gonna get stuck in a place too long right yeah. right thank you so much Felicia really appreciate it.
1: I've been speaking with Charlie Wu, the managing director of Asian Canadian Special Events Association, about Taiwan Fest 2022. This episode of Talk in Taiwan has been sponsored by NATWA, the North America Taiwanese Women's Association. NATWA was founded in 1988 to evoke a sense of self-esteem and enhance women's dignity, to oppose gender discrimination and promote gender equality. To fully develop women's potential and encourage their participation in public affairs. To contribute to the advancement of human rights and democratic development in Taiwan. To reach out and work with women's organizations worldwide to promote peace for all. To learn more about Natwa, visit their website www.natwa.com. Now it's time for you to show us some love. We just found out that you can rate us on Spotify. Or if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Audible, leave us a review there. It helps others to discover Talking Taiwan. To learn more about any of the items mentioned in this episode, visit our website, TalkingTaiwan.com. There will list any related links. Thank you for listening to another episode of Talking Taiwan. I'm your host, Felicia Lin. Talking Taiwan is brought to
0: you by forumosa.com.